born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look at the next statement. Lordship salvation is the unsupportable and unbiblical belief that the performance of good works, the promise of good works, or the evidence of good works must accompany faith in Christ in order to establish or provide evidence that such faith has resulted in eternal life. So if you believe in Lordship salvation, prove it. Prove you're saved. And what evidence are you going to use that you're really saved and you really know you're going to heaven outside the Word of God? Now, your life will change from moment to moment and day by day, how you live. But the Word of God does not change. When I first understood 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. Did you know after I've had a bad day and things didn't go right and I got angry and bitter and upset, that verse is still in the Bible. That verse is still there. And it doesn't say until you sin again. He said, I'll never cast you out and never lose you. He that believeth on me hath present hath what? Everlasting life. Look at the next statement. Lordship salvation can be overt. One must forsake all of his sins and follow Christ in obedience and discipleship in order to be saved. Or it can be very subtle. One's behavior will change once you're saved. You'll hear people say that. Well, if you're really saved, you will. And if you're really saved, you may never. That's not the proof that a man is saved because he changed his life. And yet you'll hear people say, well, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. That one's used an awful lot. So therefore, if there's not this new change, old things passed away, and all new, then that's evidently a sign you, you didn't really get Saved. You didn't mean business. You see, salvation is based upon God, meaning business. And whenever I was born into this world, I had a flesh birth, sinful nature. I sinned. It's the way I was. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, He didn't change my flesh birth. He gave me a new birth. This one is born of God. This one doesn't sin because it has no sinful nature. That has no sinful nature, this one can't sin. If it can't sin, it can't die. That's why I will live forever with the Lord. 
and I'm good to go at any time because this one is perfect. This one is sinful. Totally opposed to each other. So that's the reason that you and I need to understand that this one, being flesh, is always going to be flesh and it cannot undo the new birth. So if I, as a believer, walk in the flesh, that doesn't do away with my birth in the Spirit. And if I was to serve the Lord today and live a holy, godly life and obey God and all things, that doesn't do away with this one either. Because you know you're always tempted with sin. You still get mad and angry and bitter. And you, if you're honest, you'll admit that. But the Bible says this, if any man be in Christ, this one is, this one is not. Old things are passed away means I'm no longer a child of the devil going to hell. I'm now a child of God going to heaven. And this is that new condition, and this is the old condition. My position has changed in God's eyes. But when you don't understand this, you can take that verse that we just read in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, verse 17, and twist it to say something it doesn't say. Now, look at the next statement here, where we have, one must desire to get better in order to be saved. In other words, if you want to get saved, you'll have to get better. Are you willing to get better? And if you don't get better, then you can't keep your salvation. God, I'll take it back from you. Because you promised, but you didn't fulfill it. You had enough faith to start, but you didn't have enough faith to finish it. So you got a problem. Aren't you glad that when God saves you, He saves you for how long? Forever. And will never cast you out and never lose you. Now look at the next paragraph down there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that any of these man-made conditions are necessary for one to receive eternal life. And yet such things are taught by many churches, ministries, pastors throughout professing Christendom. And you can go into a lot of churches and you'll hear some of this terminology that's used. Because it automatically means, well, you kind of have to have fruit inspectors. Isn't it true that you have heard that certain people have been saved and you look at their life and you says, I don't believe they're a Christian. I don't believe they're really, they didn't really get saved. And sometimes children will trust Christ as Savior. Some teenager will trust Christ as Savior. And the parent wants this change in their life because they want their child, boy or girl, to be obedient. And that little angel that never does anything wrong, that totally obeys mommy and daddy and everything, and they find out that little brat's still a brat. He's still a brat. I used to tell the parents, I said, look, if your kid goes to our camp and then comes home and acts like a brat, you just remember. He was a brat before he came to camp. I don't run a reformed school. I said, but if they trust Christ as Savior, does God still save them even though he don't look like it, act like it, and live like it? think like it and talk like it, he's still just as saved as some sanctimonious little old lady in the church that would give you the shirt off of her back and would never say anything bad about anybody. That little angel, and yet she can be lifted up with pride and look down her long fair silk nose at everybody else because they don't live as holy as she does. You've never seen anybody like that, though. You're not like that, are you? Of course not. You wouldn't do that. So you can't judge whether a person is saved or lost by how they live. You can tell whether or not they're saved or lost by what they're trusting in to get them to heaven. They can live like a saint, but if they're trusting in their works to get them to heaven, they ain't going. 
And yet another man can trust Christ as Savior and live like the devil and he'll go to heaven and the other person won't. There's a story in the Bible about a, a Pharisee and a publican, a tax collector. You know, the bottom of the barrel. And the Pharisee, and he walks into the temple and says, I pray and I fast. I give tithes of all that I have. I am so holy. I am not like this publican. And the publican just couldn't even raise his head. And he just simply says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says he goes home justified and not the Pharisee. Though he could dress better, look better, talk better, and he lived on a higher plane. But he was a self-religious hypocrite. He was so righteous, he didn't need Christ. But the sinner, he knows he needs the Lord. And God will save anybody that will trust him. Look at the next statement. We expose, right in the middle of your page, we expose the people who promote lordship salvation because this is what they do. They keep people lost. Did you know that if you tell people they've got to be good to go to heaven, most people say, well, then just count me out. Because they don't want to be a religious hypocrite claiming to be something that they know they're not. Well, that's what they're rejecting. They're rejecting religion. And I've rejected religion a long time ago. So I'm not a religious man. See, religion comes from two Latin words, re and legio, meaning to bind back. And there's people trying to bind themselves back to God by their good works. That can be religion. Christianity is not where we're trying to send God our righteousness. It's where God is sending us His righteousness. And all He wants us to do is accept His righteousness. See, if God gave me His righteousness, that'd make me as righteous as Him. You see, He took my sins. That was a good deal. But it doesn't do me any good if I don't accept His righteousness. Christ already died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. But the only thing we have to do is believe it. So when Christ came back from the dead, all He wanted us to do is believe that what He did, He did it for me. So I'm going to heaven, yes. I can't go to hell if I tried. I haven't tried, but I can't go to hell. I've known that for 59 years, that I'm going to heaven. And knowing that I'm going to heaven and it can never be altered, never be changed. God can't unborn me. He can't unchild me. He can't unsanctify me. He can't unjustify me because that would have to undo all the work that He did on the cross. It'd have to account it all. That was all a null. And I don't think He's going to do that. When Christ died, who did He die for? He died for everybody. He paid for all my sins. Are we going to annul that death payment that He made so that I could be lost again? No, he paid for all my sin. And all he wanted me to do is believe he did it for me. It's so simple. Anybody can go to heaven because it's free. It's a gift. You say, well, what if I don't want to go out here and, and live better? That's between you and God. Your heavenly father may have a word with you. And remember this. He said he'll never cast you out and never lose you. So I can't go to hell because he paid for all my sins. But as a child of God, God wants me to serve him because he wants to bless my life. And if I don't serve him, I'm still his child, but he may have to chasten me and discipline me, may even take me home before my time. But you can only get saved once. I've seen where people say, well, I got saved four or five times. I asked a man one time, I says, have you been born again? He says, oh, yes. He says, many times. He believed in reincarnation. I wasn't talking about that. Because once you're born into God's family, you are his child and his child forever. 
You see, some of these other things down here because it keeps people lost, and it's an accursed message in the book of Galatians in chapter 1. He says in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, into another gospel. But there is not another gospel. But though some would tell you this and pervert the gospel, he says, though an angel from heaven or anybody else preaching you any other gospel, then let him be accursed because it's an accursed message. Because you see, trusting in your works in any way means you're not totally dependent upon Christ to save you. And you have to trust Christ. That's why we say Christ alone, nothing else. Because some people say, well, I'm going I'm to do good works just in case. Then you don't believe him. I don't serve God just in case that's not good enough. I'll have the good works just in case. That sounds good. What it means is the lack of confidence that you don't really put your total confidence in what Christ did for you. And it frustrates grace because in the book of Galatians in chapter 2, verse 21, he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you can earn your way to heaven by your good life, why did Christ die? Because that was the only way anybody could be saved and go to heaven when they died. Let me just mention this to you very quickly. These are several of the things that are mentioned in this thing called the TULIP. The TULIP is an acronym for a, a word, and T stands for total depravity. means that man is so depraved, he can't even believe. And there's people that believe that. He can't believe. See, God doesn't have to give you the faith to believe because everybody has the ability to trust. Faith is the ability to trust. And you can trust that pew to take you to heaven. But there's a problem. The pew doesn't have the ability to take you to heaven. You can put all your confidence in the preacher. I'll take you there. Don't you worry. Wouldn't you have a lot of, you know, security and peaceful sleep at night knowing that you're going to heaven depends on me getting you there? Would you sleep good at night? I don't think so. But see, everybody has faith. The reason we turn the light switch on is because we believe the light will come on. The reason you get in your car and you turn the ignition switch is because you believe the motor is going to start. You see, you exemplify faith every time you turn around. The reason you got up in the middle of the night and went to the bathroom is because you still believe it was there. And the reason you flush it is because you still think it will work. You see, faith is something that everybody has. You can put your faith in Buddha, Mohammed, Confucius, Allah, or you can put it in Jesus Christ. That is your choice. God does not give every individual that he wants to be saved the faith to believe in Jesus Christ. Everybody's got faith. It's up to you to put it wherever you want. And some of people are going to put their faith in their good works. I can earn it. That is not salvation. The U stands for unconditional election. In other words, here all of you are, you represent the world. I'm God. I like this part. No, I mean this revelation. I've chosen these people over here to go to heaven. See, all of you are going to hell. But before you were ever born, in eternity past, I looked down through that long telescope of time and I, I chose these people over here to go to heaven. And I didn't choose you. So if I do that, that's still grace, right? And you're not against these people. Are you against these people going to heaven? 
You shouldn't be. Why? Because God loves them. Now, just because you're going to hell, you got a problem? I mean, just because I didn't choose you, you can't handle that? Remember, you didn't deserve to go anyway, and they didn't deserve to go, but by grace I chose to save them. Now, you wouldn't mind it if you were over here. Now, if these people choose to believe what I just told you, they have to come up with a way of knowing. How do they know they were chosen by God in eternity past? How did you prove that you were chosen? You say, I'm one of the elect. How do you know? Uh, how do you know? And then you've got to prove that you're one of the elect by persevering in the faith. And if you persevere in the faith, but it's no good as the evidence unless you finish the line and you're all caught up, you did everything right, now you can be I made it. I made it. And then you see God, and God says, I don't even know who you are. Well, look at all the good works. Didn't you ever read Matthew chapter 7, verse 21? See, the only way you can know that you're going to heaven is because you did what God says to do on how to be saved. Did you trust Christ as your Savior? And so these people over here, if they believe that you're only going to get saved because God has already chosen to save you, why should they witness? Because you're going to go to heaven anyway. It is a deadening teaching. Therefore, I don't have to witness to anybody because whatever will be, will be. And God's already determined who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. So what does He need me to sacrifice and become a missionary and go to the foreign fields and tell people, I can't say God really loves you because I don't really know. I can't say Jesus Christ really paid for all of your sins. I really don't know. Because See, if He didn't choose you because He didn't love you, then He didn't have to die for you. And if He didn't die for you, then that means you can't be saved. And so God didn't choose you, so therefore I can't say for sure that God really loves you. Doesn't that sound like a good message to tell the world? That's a shame and a disgrace for preachers to teach that junk. That is not the Bible. The Bible says God so loved the world. And so there never any individual, whosoever believeth in Him, hath everlasting life. So you do have the ability to believe. You can believe it or you can reject it. God does not make you do anything. God will let you suffer the consequences of your bad decisions and enjoy the blessings of your good decisions. So that's why in life we're always making decisions. And it's a good thing. They also teach that, well, you have this irresistible grace because God chose them. God's going to give them this irresistible desire where they've got to believe on Jesus Christ. And remember now, they're going to heaven not by any choice that they made. Not by any decision they made. Because God's already determined. Now think about this. If God from the beginning has already predetermined these people to go to heaven, were they ever really lost? Were they ever in real danger of hellfire? If God's already done be determined before they were born, they're going to go to heaven, were they ever in real danger? No. But you never had a chance. See, it wouldn't be so bad if you all were over here, huh? And you all go. So if God would do that, why didn't God just do it for everybody? Why would God only handpick a few people and forget the majority? 
Now, God has left salvation in the hands of the people. He will not force you against your will. God wants you to accept what He's done for you. And it is your choice to either accept it or you can reject it. God did not make us puppets. He's not pulling strings. And we're all dancing to His tune. We're making decisions in our life and God says, if you do this, I'll do this. And if you do this, I'll do this. So it depends upon what people do and their choices. You want God to bless your life? Certainly. When I decided after I trusted Christ as my Savior, I want God to bless my life, I decided I'm going to serve the Lord. And God says, if I would serve Him, Him shall my Father honor. I knew that if I serve God, God has to bless me. You see, God doesn't have a choice. He's already decided and I know that if I'm rebellious to my Father's will, I know my Heavenly Father's going to beat the tar out of me and maybe take me home before my time. I've had enough whoopings, and I find out it's better to do what God wants me to do because I want to than to do because I have to. See, you've got children. You want your children to obey you because they have to or because they love you. And when you talk about all the bad things that happens in life, remember, God didn't do all those bad things that happens in life. We did them. That's the consequences of our decisions. And people do a lot of mean, ugly, nasty things to each other. God doesn't. God let us have a choice. And we made wrong decisions. And some people make wrong decisions in their life and then get mad at God. And God didn't do it. And some of you have married people you shouldn't have married. And you know it. And you've got to live with the consequences. And sometimes we don't raise our kids the way we should. And sometimes we don't love our wives the way we should. And we don't love our husbands the way we should. And therefore, there's consequences. Don't blame God for that. Those are results of our own poor decision. And God tells us in His Word, this is God's love letter to His children. And God wants His children to read His love letter. When you start reading the Bible and see how much God loves you and how much He wants for you, remember, God made a heaven and He wants us to be with Him. And He made a payment for the sins of the whole world because God wants the whole world to be. But He won't override your will. You can be as mean and ugly and unkind as you want to be. But God still loves you. And you can reject His Son, the payment He made, the free gift of eternal life, salvation by grace, you can reject it all. But don't blame God when you wind up in hell. Look up here. You've never seen this before. I think this is a good time. This end right here represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us, which means that we are all sinners. That's what we are. And because we've all sinned, we're all condemned and the wages of sin is death and that's why we all have to die and we'll go to hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect as righteous as God and none of us are perfect. God says you cannot save yourself. You can't deliver yourself. All your good works will never pay for one sin. Just think, if you had only committed one sin and you lived the rest of your life, 99% was good and that one little sin was enough to send you to hell. Adam and Eve sinned how many times before they got kicked out of the garden? One sin. 
Because, you see, you have to be perfect. And the wages of sin is death, and that's why they had to die. But God loves us. But he says you can't save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into this world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So he says the only thing that can be done is got to be done about the sins. I can't do anything about it. Wouldn't it be foolish, Yankee, turn from your sins? I can't. Why? Because that's my nature. Remember the illustration I've used before? It's like telling a dog, you stop acting like a dog and I'll make you a chicken. When can a dog stop acting like a dog? A person has a sinful nature. That's why we are the way we are. You can't change that. You can pick some of the fruit off the tree, but you're still a sinner. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. So he took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And said the only thing he wanted anybody in the world to do, the only thing you have to do, it's the only thing you can do, is will you believe he did it for you. If you believe he did it for you and paid for your sins, you're not going to try to earn your way to go to heaven because you know you're already going. Why? He paid for my sins. You see, the reason I can't go to hell today, I don't have any sins to pay for. He paid for mine. Did he pay for yours? 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 But if he paid for all of our sins, then why am I going to hell? A person goes to hell because they rejected the payment God made for them. You see, eternal life is the gift of God. So when I believe this, he gives me as a free gift, eternal life, and I get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did. That was the best news I ever heard. But understanding that, you need to be able to defend your faith. Defend what you believe. There's a world out there that does not understand what you've heard this morning. And some of you in the future are going to get mad and upset with something that I'm going to say or do and you're going to go to a church that teaches everything I just told you. But it's okay. It will never be okay. I would rather you stay here and just suffer through this terrible preacher that you've got as mean and ugly as he is and you can endure it but I'm better because I tell you the truth and that's my humble opinion. Let's pray, shall we? Head bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you right where you are. In your own mind. Just talk to the Lord. Can't make a mistake this way. He's the only one that knows what you're saying. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I realize I can't save myself. I'm not going to trust my works to get me to heaven. I'm not going to trust a preacher or the church. But Christ died and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him right now as my Savior. Friend, if you will trust Him, would you let me know by just slipping your hand up very quickly and putting it right back down? If you've never done it before, you say, that made sense to me, and I want to know that I have eternal life, know that I'm going to heaven. Friend, would you just let me know very quickly? Slip it up, put it right back down, and one at all. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I'd love to know, love to hear from you. Just click it on and that lets me know that somebody today trusted the Lord. You that know Christ as your Savior, be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Means being strong in the gospel, the good news. 
You see, these other things, that's not good news to tell a person that he has to live good enough for God to save him. God says, there is none good, no, not one. None righteous, no, not one. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. And we thank you, Lord, for those who chose to visit with us today. We pray your blessings upon them. Give them a safe trip. Help them to go home safely. We thank you for all you've done for us. So bless each one. In Christ's name we pray. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me